People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, Brothers Talk family around the world, wherever you're listening and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism to uplift our people. To our first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in to help us with the work of encouraging and educating as well as endorsing and inspiring new and existing Black businesses to empower and enrich the Black community. Spring break season is officially upon us, and with all too uncertain spikes in the new COVID reality, we'll keep reminding that hundreds of people are still dying each day from coronavirus or its complications, and so we're still urging people to stay vigilant and be careful when you're out and about. And remember that wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of all respiratory infections, including the flu and RSV2. And finally, don't forget you can still get vaccinated and get those booster shots. And Easter will also soon be here, providing another reason for traveling and increasing exposure to infection. And while you don't want to be the one to get it, you definitely don't want to be the one transmitting it to your medically fragile family and friends. With over 1.2 million people in this country having lost their lives to the pandemic to date, this week also marked the milestone of the official recognition of the disease in 2020, which has now killed over 6.4 million people worldwide. Come on, people, we can and we must do better to stop the spread. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. And uh, as usual, family, thank you for your continued support. Uh, Rod, you, you hit the nail on the head again, hit it out the park. Uh, I, I'm a little, I was a little, um, not just a little concerned, disillusioned about, you know, how people just basically, even though, uh, the Biden administration is going to announce that there's doing away with the mask mandate in May. Uh, I think that has already passed. So I was a little disillusioned until over the weekend I went to a funeral in Atlanta uh, for my uh, favorite uncle, well, one of my favorite uncles. And I was I was really, really uh, pleased to see that they took into account uh, people's health. Uh, every single person had a mask. They was hanging. They was handing out masks as you came into the church, and uh, that gave me a little bit of comfort. That okay, everybody out here has not lost their mind when it comes to COVID, and but I'm still concerned about the fact that everywhere I go, it's as if COVID wasn't here. But we know that's that's not true because people are still dying. You know, 500 plus a day are still dying from COVID. So please be diligent. Go out there, get the shot. As Rod said, it's still available and wear your mask. Yes, Scott. You know, I went to a service uh, about a month or so ago and they did the same exact thing. And um, it, it was nice to see that at least there was some concern, but I can definitely say in any other public places, they're just, it's just business as usual. 
And in our community, as usual, we're hit specifically hard at anything that's negative or, or any kind of disease. We pretty much lead the league in. But I just wanted to also touch bases with what we always do. It's just not COVID. It's overall health. It's our diet. It's our exercise. It's, it's our thoughts. It's our behavior. It's everything. So let's just address the, the health of our community in general so we can move forward as a people. So this week, we're going to talk about a topic that is kind of the latest version of code switching, which is whenever a topic or a term that is normally something that should be seen as positive gets turned into something negative and principally when it comes to racism. And so we've seen it in the past with terms like affirmative action. We've seen it with terms like Obamacare. And so for the last basically a year, we've seen the term woke and wokeness start to turn into just a simple code switch effort being brandished by the right and particularly the MAGA Republicans to indicate something that's negative, and that is woke and wokeness as a racist barometer. Like for, I've always asked the question, whenever you think of being woke, the opposite has always been to be asleep. And so it was hard to even imagine how anybody could really cotton to the idea that saying that a person is woke, a person who is basically look having their eyes open and being aware of their surroundings is something that would be considered negative. But that's what they've done now. They've tried to really commandeer the word and use it as a negative term that somehow means it's undermining the country. When you talk about wokeness, you're talking about diversity, you're talking about inclusion, you're talking about equity, you're talking about women's rights, you're talking about immigrant rights, you're talking about reparations. It really just says that you're trying to focus on the things that should make this country even better because it has been those same attributes that in the past that have gotten this country to where it is. We saw it really come to the forefront as you see the DeSantis wing, supposedly, that is trying to be the heir apparent to 45, and they are taking it to the next level in Florida, where everything is about anti-wokeness. And so they are doing the kind of racist things. It's just literally allowed them to come out of the shadows because they are no longer concerned about being perceived as racist. So they're just going head first into making everything that looks like it has any connection to wokeness as a negative thing. They've gone so far as to now even try to portray the situation with the Silicon Valley Bank, which has had some financial struggles. And now the government has gone in and basically propped them up. But the far right is claiming that it's because of wokeness, because they have one black director, they have one LGBTQI director, and they have, I think, five women directors. And somehow, despite all of the carnage and damage done to the financial systems over the years, including bringing the country to the brink of bankruptcy itself by all the banks that have been headed by lily white boards of directors and lily white management. They have the gall and the audacity to look at a single bank that has decided to try 
to make its banking board more diverse and say that wokeness is the cause for their problems. That, to me, is the greatest kind of hypocrisy and something that we just can't stand for. You know, Rod, um, when I'm listening to your 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 talk, and which is on point, because when I listen to DeSantis, and like you said, it's the MAGA crowd, but DeSantis is really, really going all in on making negative, I mean, woke a negative term. And all it is, like you said, it's, it's a dog whistle. That's the new dog whistle. Anything related to black, because being woke came out of black culture. Uh, that came out of being, you know, people are being aware of what's going on, what's in front of you. That's what wokeness, in my, in my opinion, that's what it meant to me. But they, like you said, right, they've associated it with anything that black people consider positive that can help other people, can help the black community and other folks. They've associated, they've attached woke to that. And their followers know it's a dog whistle. That's all it is. The most disgusting part about this, well, that's the most disgusting part, but another thing that's disgusting to me about it is how the, the, the media, supposedly liberal media, and we know that's not true, but there are some pundits on, on these stations that appear to be or present themselves as being liberal. They're not even calling them out and saying, oh, making them define what does woke mean to you? What is wokeness and why is uh, wokeness associated with all of these things that black people care about? That's important to black people. They're not even at, they just let, they just out here hollering, 45 hollering woke. And we know he can't even spell woke. He's out here hollering woke, you know, this woke crowd to the top of his lungs. And here you got Ron DeSantis. It's, I don't think he does any kind of, he doesn't even talk without using woke every other word. And yet nobody has said to him, okay, what do you mean? Define it. And they, so that allows them, and they're complicit in the in doing this, because if you're going to be a news organization and you're not going to point out the difference, then, hey, you're complicit in it. And that's what's happening. And my thing is, why is it Where's the uproar? That's why we need an organization, black folks. We need a credible organization to to articulate our views about when these these people are attacking terms like wokeness, attacking anything that's associated with us. We got to be able to stamp that down. We got to be able to articulate. No, this is what is re- what it really means. We don't have that apparatus, and we need to work on putting something like that together. And you're, you're correct, Scott. What they really have going for them, and that is the conservative right, is an echo chamber of stupidity. And literally, once they capture that term, they can just throw it out there. And I used to CRT as an example, because you hear them protesting and passing legislation regarding CRT, and they don't want it in schools. And when you ask them what it is exactly, they don't know. They haven't taken a minute, second, or hour to actually study or look at any kind of term or issue, but they're rendering a decision based on their own ignorance and stupidity. 
because of their echo chamber. And that's what they have mastered. And as you mentioned, Scott, we don't have any kind of vehicle organization or what have you to actually stand up and articulate our side and actually define our terms correctly and keep it out there. We don't have an echo chamber. You know, the the liberal media, whatever that means, is not an echo chamber for anything other than status quo. So what we have to do is literally define our terms and keep them out there and keep them in the public space. So we have to challenge our community to do what we do all the time, which is be aware of these situations and not be so easily swayed by the bright lights of nonsense that a real reason why they continue to get a toehold with this anti-woke sentimentality is that too many of us are afraid to do that thing that we challenge our audience and all of the people around us to do all the time, which is to think critically and to understand the damage that anti-wokeness is starting to accomplish. Because it's hard to call it anything else because they are accomplishing their goals of pushing back on Black rights, pushing back on civil rights, pushing back on anything that would actually benefit our communities. And if we don't wake up and start to look at what's being done, it's going to be too late. I mean, I feel for people in Florida now, but then again, I have to challenge them. What are you doing to push back? You know, I I have yet to hear the Black voices out of Florida, much less the Black voices nationally when we talk about the Black caucus and what they fail to do. But where is the outrage? Where is the uprising on the side of the people of Florida who are saying that they're mounting a challenge to DeSantis and the anti-woke ultra-right MAGA crowd, that somebody needs to be in there making those kinds of statements. And so if they won't do it, then we have to try to do it and push it at the ground roots level. Because, you know, where are the quote-unquote Black leaders? And it's exhibited once again that we really don't have them. You know, I don't see the Sharptons going down there. And and as I've said, you know, there are some good things that they do in times of the murders and things, but what about the everyday life? And if they are not available to do that and it's not the Black Caucus, then it's up to us to challenge our grassroots efforts at the community level to say we're not going to take anymore and we're going to do whatever we have to do to not only shine a light on it, but to call it out for what it is, which is just abject racism. You know, Rod, the fact that there's this void, not just from our supposedly black leaders, but to me, that's critical uh, because they do have some organizing skills. But it just seems like the and and, and I hope it's not true. It just seems like all the, the, the black folks in, in, in Florida now just docile and just just uh, has laid down for DeSantis uh, and the mistake that black leadership and not just black leadership but the democrats in my opinion are making is that it's clear that what ron DeSantis is doing they're using florida kind of as a picture disc this is a testing ground because if you notice he was the one that's mainly 
been using woke and, and attaching woke to everything associated with uh, with black culture. Uh, anything associated appeared to be associated with black folks, like CRT. They started with CRT. Now it, it's black anything associated with black history. He was doing it. And, and, and now I think it was a test. It was just a test because now it's spreading out across the country. That's all, all the mega crowd and some of the Republicans use is, is woke to demean anything associated with black people. And we're standing on the sidelines uh, being docile and not just calling them out and calling them what it is and say, hey, you are a racist. That's who you are. Let's stop hiring behind uh, uh, your position. Let's stop hiring behind politics. You are a racist. And that's what you're doing. But our folks, we got to get them out of office. If they're not going to represent us in the way that we need to be represented, if they're not going to advocate for us, if they're not going to do the things that we need them to do, why are they representing us? Why are they in office? Why do we got to wait till next another election term? Let's get put a organization together so that we can call these people out, so that we can directly uh, uh, send letters, emails, whatever to say, okay. What's your position on this? And why aren't you speaking out? If you can't speak out, if you don't have no position, you're not, you don't represent me. Because I have a different position than these folks that are using woke as a battering ram against anything black. And, and you brought up a really good point, Scott, especially regarding Florida. With all the issues in that state regarding African Americans, where's the outrage? We have African-American schools. We have HBCUs in that state. Why aren't they coming together and actually forming some kind of outrage or protests and organizations in that state? I haven't heard one iota from that state of what DeSantis is doing in regards to African-American studies or what have you or any any legislation. They've just been silent. And, and, and unfortunately, nationally, we have been silent as a people, and we are just too comfortable with the status quo. And that's going to be our de- lead us to our demise, unfortunately. And so after hearing both you brothers and the inspiring words that you shared there, I think it's time for us to take back the word woke. We're not going to allow them to code switch. We're not going to allow them to use it as dog whistle unchallenged. And that's the problem that we have all highlighted here is that too many of us have failed to do our due diligence and say that we're not going to allow them to control the narrative. So you're going to hear it here first, that we're going to launch the woke brigade and we're encouraging black institutions of higher learning and black churches and black social groups and, and, and black leaders and black elected leaders around the country to all join in to highlight all of the great things that come as a result and that can be done as a result of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We're no longer going to allow the dog whistle politics and the code switching to take a term that we all know has so much more positive aspects, so much more benefit to it than any of the things that is being made up 
on the far right to try to control the narrative. So you heard it here first, and we again are inviting everybody to embrace the term the woke brigade and join the woke brigade. It doesn't need to be anything uh, formal. It simply means that you're not ashamed to acknowledge that you are woke and that you realize that if you say, I'm a woke person, I'm a part of the woke brigade, then you'll know you're not out there by yourself. It's time. It's way past time. And for once, we're not going to rely on anybody else to have to fight our fight. We're going to fight it for ourselves. And in our Black Business Spotlight, we want to highlight the fact that it's still Women's Month and we're celebrating Black woman entrepreneurship. So there's a group of Black Girl Scouts that made their way to sell cookies at Herbal Aspect Dispensary location in Madison, Wisconsin on, on a Sunday afternoon. According to the station WMTV, the Scouts were from Troop 8608, an all-Black African-American troop who found their way to the dispensary on Winnebago Street after making sales at the University Avenue location. The troop co-leader, Latoya McMurray, said the particular location was a chance for their Scouts to embrace educational opportunity from an African-American business owner. Herbal Aspect co-founder Alan Robinson said allowing the scouts to sell at the dispensary was significant for the girls to connect with the community and be introduced to fresh clients. Robinson added that opening up his locations allowed the scouts to have an educational opportunity as well to learn the business. Of course, there are those who question the ethics of this arrangement, but I think it's ingenious and productive on a number of fronts. From the obvious that one of the known side effects of cannabis consumption is increased hunger or the munchies, and the other is that instead of getting all kinds of misinformation about CBD, these young ladies are getting credible info from the source to go along with the opportunity to observe and learn entrepreneurship up close. Great job, young ladies. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.